Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk, across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, January, 20, January 21st already, 2022. Another bad day in the market. This whole month has not been very pleasant. Has not, but we have. We it's not unexpected. You should not be unexpected. You should not be surprised because you know we've talked about it. When the Fed changes direction, markets don't like that. Fed starts raising rates. It hasn't even started raising rates. It's just threatening. It's saying they are going to raise rates and they just reduce liquidity by stop by slowing down their bond buying. They're going to stop it sometime, and the market is anticipating all that change. And that's why it's reacting now. So it goes up and down. It's always unpredictable, everybody. Always unpredictable. Now, you can have generalities. That you could do. You know, I can tell you generally we're overdue for a correction. And we're in the middle of one. Okay. How deep is this correction? I don't think it's a bear market. I got some stats on that, so I'll be able to share with you later on the show. So... There's a lot of dynamics going on here. A lot of things happening. Earnings are coming in. They're not bad. Um, bank earnings were a little disappointing, but other earnings were better, much better. It, it, it just, you know, we're just getting started here. By next week, we're going to have a lot of numbers out next week, and that'll give us a better idea on the earnings. But, you know, it changed. any change can work in your, to your benefit as well as your disadvantage. We've told you and told you and told you growth stocks, are going to get punished. And they are getting punished. And they still will be. You know, I don't know how many times I said in December, uh, time to uh, rebalance your portfolio and maybe cut back on your growth stocks. You know, that's what it's all about. I'm sure Justin's been harping on the same thing. So, just the way it is. Of course, you're going to want answers on specific questions and specific specific situations, and we're here to do that. I will be happy to do that. So, you know, all this is to help build your financial future. That's what this show is all about, answering your questions to help you build your financial future. So, and our mission statement never changes, independent thinking and share success. And, of course, we state this to tell, and at the same time, assure you that we are going to give you facts we're going to give you our best, uh, our best uh, 
analysis of the things that you ask about in a short period of time. Mind you, this is just a quick analysis. It's not something you can take our work and then just dig into more because we can't get into anything really deeply. We just can't. Any about the you know about the individual stock, we just can't. We can give you what our thoughts are, and give you the facts that we have them in front of us. But you can't get too deep into the individual companies. Now, when we talk about our educational segments or our stock commentary or even our market reporting, you know this stuff is something we can you know share with you, and you know and it will be factual and without any bias. Okay, I'm Steve Peasley. And I really do encourage you to call me right now. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. So I'm live right now. If you can't, that's okay. You can call anytime, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and leave a voicemail. And we will get to your question. I promise. The number never changes. It's always the same. 888-99-CHART. So let's go right to our first listener. Stephen Justin, I wanted to get your thoughts on Bank of Montreal. Symbol is BMO. I like the sector. I uh, like the dividend yield. Seems to be in the middle of a PE range for the last five years. It also had a run up. So wanted to get your thoughts on the company and see if you thought it was overpriced uh, where it's at now. Thank you. Yeah, Bank of Montreal, BMO, uh, Canadian-based global bank operating through 1,500 branches in Canada and the United States. They're going to make $11.25 next year, $10.18 this year, $13 last year. Um, and let's see, 11, and it's a $114 stock. So it's right around, you know, 11 and a half or so. And that is the five year range is five to 11. So it's at the high end of its range. Return equity is very good, 15%. Cash flow is very strong at $15.66. Management owns 11%. It's a $73 billion company, and that's a lot of ownership by management. And mutual funds have been slowly buying over the last year. But I think you're, it pays a 3.6% dividend. But I think you're late. This has already had a great run. Uh, I would not be a buyer of this at this price. It's too expensive. Now, if you're listening to me, I'm saying 11P is too expensive. Well, this one, this talk, 11P is high for this company. Never, That's the highest it's ever been in the last five years. So that's high. Okay. My focus point today, based on a story behind the headlines, investment in space companies hit a record $14.5 billion in 2021. So you may have contemplated jumping into that, that space or that area of the market, but you know, we need to, may want to take a look at that a little deeper. Okay. Um, I also, I want to talk about leading economic indicator report that came out today. LEI, Leading Economic Indicator. We'll talk about that. I want to talk about the correction that we are in. NASDAQ has gone down. The NASDAQ composite has gone down about 12, 12.5% since it's high. It's high on November 19th, about 10% this month. So, are we done with our correction? I don't think so. Really don't. But, We'll talk about that. And what is Bitcoin really worth? How did, you know, the, how, what's it worth? You know, it's gone from 70000 down to 40000 per coin, you know, this month. What's it worth? 
That's the hard part, very difficult part. Those things, we'll talk about it. The market was down today again. The Dow down 450 points. NASDAQ down 385 points. And the S&P down 85. So the market was led by the NASDAQ downward again today. So it's a tough, tough market right now. And it will, it will, it will stop. Trust me on this. It, it hasn't even, it hasn't even been that bad. Okay. It's been bad than NASDAQ, you know, 12%, but the rest of the market, it's down, but not nearly as much. So no trivia question today because it's Friday and usually give you some, uh, you know, statistics and talk about the premium newsletter, the KPP premium newsletter a little bit today. So I'll be giving you that kind of stuff. Uh, we are heading into a break, but I'm here taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Luke from New York. I'm calling about a company called Adi Bioscience Inc. Stock symbol A-A-D-I. I saw a few analysts giving it a buy signal, and some, including Morningstar, have it valued at between $50 and $60. Currently, it trades at $23. It is not making money and hasn't made money for a while and looks like a story stock. Wanted to check if you see anything else that I may be missing on why this company price would be going up. I also read an article that last year pharmaceutical sector was brutal and that the past five years, the year after pharma sector was negative, the following year was up, up to 40% for a year. Do you see this trend happening in 2022? Thank you, and I will be listening for your answer. Well, I do think uh, pharmaceuticals and biotech companies will do better this year than uh, growth companies. I think they'll do a lot better than growth companies, but only those who make money and those who, you know, have a good solid balance sheet. This company, this Audi Bioscience, I, I, there's absolutely no reason for anybody to own this company. Develops precision, precision therapies for genetically defined cancers with more motor pathway driver alternative alternations. I don't know what that is doesn't really matter if I know or don't know what it means. It has never made money since existence. Going all the way back, uh, I can go as far back as 2014, it's lost money every year. Every year it loses money. It doesn't even have any sales. Why would I buy that company? It's a story stock. Why, why would anybody buy this company? Uh, there's, no, there's absolutely no reason for this company to be owned by anybody. Personally, they probably have a good story, but it's just a story for investment. Nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't come. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put monopoly money in it. Let's put it that way. How many years do you gotta, you know, wait for a company to make profits? How many years before you give up? My focus point today is based on the story behind the headlines: investment in space 
companies hit a $14.5 billion mark. That was like 50% more than the year before. Space. You know, uh, so is that something that you should be invested in? I don't have a problem with looking at companies in this in this area. I'm trying to avoid the word space because we're talking about space. There are uh, there is a um, uh, space. Uh, there is a company that tracks this money going into this area. There's like sixteen hundred ninety four companies. Okay, that have raised two hundred fifty two billion dollars to explore the money opportunities to make money in space. Not just, we're not talking about just in space, but the support mechanisms, the making the things that you need to send up rockets or logistics. All those are space-related kind of industries that seems to be getting stronger and stronger as far as attracting investments. Okay, Uh so the, should you look into it? I, I think it's something that you do look into. You know, uh, I, I think you look into it with, you know, your eyes open, though, because it is kind of speculative, but there's more and more money being poured into it, and there's a lot of satellites that need to be shot up in the space, and they're using more and more private spacecraft, and I think that's just a trend that's going to continue. So I really don't have a problem with you to start exploring that area. But again, remember, we try to invest in companies that make money. Okay? So be too many companies that don't make money go out of business. I mean, a huge percentage of them go out of business, no matter how good the story is. So this is why, as an investor, you stay away from them. Does that mean, and I'll say it again, I've said this many times, that doesn't mean you never invest in those kind of companies that don't make money. There's places and opportunities to try to put a little money, but not a lot of money. Just a little bit of your portfolio, a small fraction of your portfolio, in fact. So when people take time to leave an investment podcast review on iTunes, we like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their question quickly. So here's one that came in earlier from, I don't know, DMNO. I don't, I can't, there's no name, no I can't. There's no pronunciation of the letters that he has. As his name. He wants to talk about Chewy. C-H-W-Y is the symbol. And Chewy is provides pet products through Chewy, uh, Chewy.com, retail website, and its mobile applications. It's a 15, almost $16 billion company. Uh, I'll get I'll, I'll get to that more after this break. I'm up against a break here, so hold on there, and we'll get I'll get you some more information on Chewy. You're listening to Invest Talk. The number is eight 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 ninety nine chart. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect. So get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Chewy, we were talking about Chewy. Had a question on it. Want to know if he wants to know if he should buy it, sell it, do what with it. He already owns it. 
So I want to know if he should hold on to it or sell it because it's been going steadily downward, and it still is. Um, one of the problems are typical growth stock. This this company is going to make three cents next year. First time it ever made money. Sales were really good, 24, 27% growth in sales. But you got when you're in when you're in a situation where the Fed is starting to tighten money supply, growth stocks don't do well. They get hurt. This is a growth stock. I don't think it's going to turn around either. Not yet. I do like what it does, but I don't think it's going to turn around. Yeah, Valuations are ridiculous. Three cents, it's a $38 stock. I've made three cents a share. It's ridiculous. It's, it's just, it's just uh, uh, it makes no sense. Okay, let's keep moving and swing back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Dennis from the East Coast of Iowa. I've been a listener for about seven years now. I have a question about F is in Frank, S is in Sam, K is in King. That's FS, KKR Capital Corp in the financial space. And my question is this. This stock seems to have a very high yield, a very reasonable and low payout ratio seems to be in good financial health, but its P.E. ratio is cheap at only 2.2. So what justifies this low, cheap P.E. ratio? What am I missing? Thanks. I'll look forward to your answer on the podcast. Well, I'm not sure how you're getting that 2.2 P.E. ratio. It's going to make $2. It made $2.30 last year, 2020. 2021, the estimate's going to be 261, and then 252. Next year, it's a $21 stock. Okay, that's not a 2 PE. That's like a you know, 9, 8, 8, 9 PE. Okay? And the five-year range is 3 to 11. So it's, the, for this stock, the PE range is not out of line. But it's not 2. So I, I'm not sure where you're getting that. Uh, this is FSKKR Capital Corporation, business development company investing in debt securities of private middle market U.S. companies. It's a $6 billion company, pays 11.5% dividend, and let's see, if they're making $2.50 next year, and it's 11, a $21 stock, they would have to pay uh, 10% would be $2.14. So 11.5, they, I don't think they can maintain that 11.5%. I don't, I, not not at a twenty-one dollar stock, uh, because that would be paying all, almost every cent they earn in dividend, and that's too high of a payout ratio. So I have a feeling they're going to be cutting that dividend. Sales growth uh, in the September quarter of last year—we haven't got the last quarter of last year yet—was one hundred forty-five percent. That was fantastic. Their best growth ever. I don't know why, but it's the best growth ever. Before that was thirty-seven percent. The year before that, March, and the quarter before that, March of 21, it has shrunk 16%. And it's probably as a result of COVID, right? I mean, so it's having a pretty good sales increase. And, you know, well, we'd have to take a look at that. Um, and, of course, with interest rates rising, you want to know how that would affect this kind of company as the Fed raises rates. So far, it hasn't done too bad, though. Not bad. Okay, uh, let's go to Bill in Northern California. Hi, Bill. Oh, hi, Steve. Happy New Year. Thank you. Um, Thanks for calling. Yeah. Thank you. Um, 
recently I received uh, an inheritance, and uh, or most of it anyway, and in I had funds transferred uh, into my Vanguard account that my father held, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I had been tracking them for last year because I knew they existed, but I just didn't have control over them. Right. And, uh, well, one of them is, uh, uh, it was like a 60% bond fund within Vanguard. So I, I sold off most of that. I just kept a remnant of it. So I have a large amount of cash and I was, okay. uh, it's over half a million dollars and I was just going to invest it you know, slowly over time, I'd like to, I put some in mutual funds recently and I'm a dip here and I was just wondering what your strategy would be to deal with that, you know, considering the current downtrend, would you start buying things gradually right away? And, and yeah, I, I would dollar, would you take it? I, I would do, I would dollar cost average at this stage of that, what the economic cycle and the stock market cycle we're in. We're, we're going to see more weakness, but you know the bill. No one knows how weak weak is. I mean, how far down will it go? Could it, it could stop tomorrow? I don't think it's going to. But what you do once we have had a ten percent correction or more. Now we haven't had that much in the S and P and the and the Dow yet. But a ten percent correction is a normal correction. And it would be if it's. I think we're in a corrective mode, so it'd be one to buy. So you start buying when that happens, and you just dollar cost average in as it goes down. I know it sounds painful, and you don't like it because no one can pick the bottom. But you just dollar cost average in as it goes down. Don't be in a big hurry. Don't be in a big rush. Okay. Okay. Let's keep the. Well, wait a minute. We. It's pretty busy Friday. Coming up soon, I will preview the KPP Premium Newsletter, and my phone line is open. 888-99-CHART, everybody. This is Invest Talk. The markets have certainly been interesting, but the threat of damaging volatility is ever-present. So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve is here now taking your questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. It is Friday. I generally make time to have a quick rundown of the uh, key benchmarks. So let me go over those. The two-year treasury yield was up to 1.014%, a little over 1%. And give you a little perspective, the last week it was 0.86. Four weeks ago it was 0.64. So now it's one. That's a huge move in four weeks. Remember, I told you interest rates are rising because the Fed is tightening. Okay, so all interest rates rise. The 10-year Treasury yield, 1.762. Last week it was 1.765. Think about this. That short range, short interest rate yield, the two-year treasury is moving up, and this week the ten-year moved down. When there's an inversion, when the two-year yields more than the ten-year, we will have a recession. Now it's, I'm just telling you, it's squeezing now. There's no inversion yet. Gold was at eighteen thirty-three dollars per ounce last week. It was eighteen fifteen. Two weeks ago it was seventeen ninety-six. 
So it's been moving up. Silver today, $24.32 an ounce. Last week was $22.87. So silver moved up on a percentage basis much faster than gold. Oil, selling for $84.87 a barrel. Last week was 83. Two weeks ago, it was 78. Seven weeks ago, it was 66. So it's from two months, it went from 66 to 84, or almost 85. The national average for a gallon of gas, $3.32. That's up a couple pennies. In California, the average is $4.64. That's up, well, that was actually down a penny. Ooh. Uh, we're, it, gasoline is probably going to go $6 a, a gallon here in California. I, I don't doubt that that will happen. For comparison, in Arkansas, the gasoline pump at a price, the pump said $2.97. Man, that's where you need to get gas. Go to Arkansas. <laughs> right? Okay, let's go to Edgar in San Diego. Hi, Edgar. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. and Thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Oh, sure. I have to, uh, kind of two questions. First, I, uh, what is the next support for NASDAQ? And then uh, my last question is about British Petroleum, BP. Hmm. Okay. The NASDAQ, uh, I, I do think, uh, I don't think we're done with our correction in the NASDAQ. I don't. Um, I think it's going to go down 15, 18% easy. That's what I think. I think that's where it's gone before it starts turning around. Uh, the Dow and the S&P, I think they'll at least get the 10% correction. I think so. And they're not there yet. And it might be a little higher than that. You know, the Fed, you know, it, it, this is all in the hands of the Fed. If they, Keep talking about increasing rates and you know uh, cutting down their easing. Uh, you know they're they're buying the bonds. They keep pressing that that uh, pedal. Okay, the market's not going to like it more. You know because they went from you know we thought they raised a couple times this year that went to three times and now I've heard one of the Fed say a uh, president say we probably raise it four times this year, the market doesn't like that at all. So I think that they know that they're impacting the market, and the market could be a precursor to the whole economy. So it's going to be, a, it's, I, I think at some point the Fed's going to ease off a bit on their talk about what they're going to do, and I think that will help the market. Now, as far as British Petroleum, the problem with all the, Brit, all the uh, European oil companies, they've all said they're getting out of Pump uh, drilling for more oil. They all say it. They're not going to drill for more oil. They're going to go green. They're going to move over to green. Well, as an investor, that makes you kind of concerned. What do you mean? You know, going green means you're not. How are you going to make money doing that? Okay, I understand the big push. You know, in Europe and even here in the United States, it is to go green. But yeah. The, the companies that live and make their earnings on oil drilling and you know oil supply, you're gonna you're gonna you've said you're gonna be all all green here in the next few years, however many years. Who's gonna invest in your company? I I would stay away from uh, those companies. You know who hasn't? What companies hasn't said that they're gonna stop drilling? In the United States, Chevron and Exxon both say they're still gonna continue drilling and they're still their main business is oil. And they know it. Even though they will be moving to green, they're still... So, 
I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would stay away from all European oil companies personally. Let's go to Dan in Walnut Creek. How are you doing, Dan? Oh, fine. Thanks, Steve. How are you doing tonight? Good. Thank you for the call. Good. Yeah, I have a question on uh, Fidelity Consumer Discretionary, FDIS. Mm-hmm. Um, top holdings are Amazon, Tesla, and um, Home Depot. Yeah. And it's been uh, on a downtrend for the last couple of months. I was wondering what your thoughts are on this one. Well, um, a consumer discretionary, the consumer's doing pretty well. They have jobs. There's a lot, plenty of jobs out there. Salaries are going up. I, I can't. Yeah, I don't know why that you would that we or I should be too worried about discretionary spending, but you're right, it is going down, and it might be because of the type of companies they hold. If if they have a lot of tech companies, they're they're going to get hit. So I, I, I would, you know, you said the top holdings was Amazon and what was the others? Home Depot. Amazon. Amazon, Tesla, Home Depot, McDonald's, and Nike. Yeah, see, see I, I think Tesla's overvalued, and and Amazon is probably overvalued, but the others are not. You know. Right. Yeah, that's right. So. But Tesla and Amazon are are they're heavy on that. Between those two, there's like thirty five percent of the holdings. Oh uh, well, then that's why. Okay, that that's what's hurting you on that there because that's that's way more than. They should have of those two on on this kind of. They should, you know, there should never be more than, you know, five percent, seven percent, any one stock. If you have an, a, a if, it, if it's a consumer discretionary fund, that means you know you have a lot of consumer stocks, and you know, not you shouldn't be loaded up on that and just one or two or three stocks. That's why. So I, I probably would look for a different one if if you wanted to be in this space. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate the call. The KPP Premier's letter was finished today and will be distributed tomorrow to all subscribers. In the market conditions sections, I explained we continue to witness large fluctuations in markets. So far, most swings this month have been to the downside. Growth stocks are the most heavily impacted. This is normal whenever the Fed changes their policy from a loose money supply to a tightening stance. Even though the Fed has not moved to tightening money, supply by any significant degree, its posture has changed and is now in a different direction. So this worries investors. In high growth areas of the market, borrowing costs have the greatest impact on these high growth companies. Their need to borrow to they need to borrow to sustain their, their increases. This does not mean investors should avoid all growth stocks, but they would be wise to be cognizant of the changes and effects and the adjustment will have to be made in the various sectors of the market. So you got to change your portfolio. You got to at least know what is it and know what you have in it, why it's being impacted. This week, precious metals moved up sharply following the same move made the week before. It looks like a reaction to a weaker dollar this month. So, and I say, I said, stay with the market, but it would not hurt to have some cash ready to invest. A move into value stocks should have served you well, as we told you to do that in the newsletter. And we still like the commodity positions, though they have already risen pretty steeply, and you may want to wait for a better opportunity. If you've been reading the newsletter, you know for two, three months we were talking about 
Rebalance. You heard on this radio, too. Rebalance. Produce some cash. Get ready. So, you know, we can only we can only advise you on that stuff. So, that's all we can do. We can just tell you. In the portfolio management section, I talked uh, I, I talked about alphas and betas. Do you know what alphas and betas are? They are, they are different metrics. They are commonly used. They gauge uh, different. They gauge the volatility and relationships. Okay, alpha, for instance, is a is a number assigned to the return over an overall index. It is quoted simply to. It's it's easy to understand, really. For example, if your portfolio returns 12% and your comparable index returns 10%, your alpha would be 2, the difference between the two. Any number greater than 0 would indicate outperformance of the index you're tracking, of the alpha index you're tracking, okay? Whether it's an S&P 500 or whatever. Hedge funds managers love to talk about Positive alphas. They really do. Oh, we're doing so much better than the market. So much better than our index tracking or market or whatever they want to say. But they also, a lot of times, don't tell you the whole truth. Okay? Because they may be tracking an index that doesn't represent the the companies that they're buying. So, (laughs) yeah, if... You got you got to be realistic. Everybody, just know that you need. There's ways that people can tell you the absolute truth, but it's not the whole truth. Okay, just know that. Now, a beta is different. Usually, a beta is the volatility of your stock compared to an index. Usually, the S and P 500. So, if you have a beta of 1.2. That means it's 20% more volatile than the S&P 500. Because generally, S&P 500 is the index everybody tracks. But you can also cheat. You can have a bigger or smaller beta, and you change the index that you're tracking, and it may be a very high volatile or very low volatile index. you got to know what they're trading. Usually, the beta is, is, is uh, compared to the S&P 500 almost all the time that I see it quoted out there. But, okay, that's beta. I had a couple of stock ideas. I had a REIT, a real estate investment trust, as one of the picks. They own many, many single-family homes, and they rent them out. So it's interesting, though, that the dividend yield is only 1.1%, a little over 1%, so it's not... It's more, more. Excuse me. It's more of a play on real estate values. Uh, and a leading confectionery company is the other one I we put out there. It's the in the consumer defense sector. Um, marketing, you know, it's a huge. It's one of the largest candy makers in the United States or in the world for that matter. So those are the two names. Most, both of them were value plays, by the way. And, of course, on the newsletter, I give you names, right? There's a good deal of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter. It always is, I think. I think it's well worth your 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 effort to get it, read it. You want a sample? You can ask us for a sample. We'll send it to you. There's one sample on our website. There's, we always have a sample on our website. It's there. So 
You can subscribe. It's not, you know, every month it's, it, you know, that it comes into your inbox. I do this. Uh, you subscribe, but I send it out every week, every week. Uh, so go to investtalk.com to subscribe. Okay? And you don't have to, you can get it once, one a month. Uh, you get it a month and you can cancel your reservation. You can, you can cancel. You don't have to. If you don't like it, it's fine. No problem with that. Will, San Diego. How you doing, Will? Oh, pretty good, Steve. I uh, sold my Ethereum today, and I'm wondering if that was a good move or not. Ethereum, huh? Uh, right. Well, the problem we have, and I'm going to, that's one of my talking points, is on Bitcoin. How do you evaluate certain things? Um, is Ethereum is that is that the bit is that one of the cryptocurrencies? No. Uh, I guess so. You know, I don't understand the whole thing, but uh, I think it's uh, it's it's in that area, in that field. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's an open-ended uh, uh, grantor trust based in the U.S. invest in Ethereum. Yeah. So that's a, 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 a Bitcoin. This has moved from oh, twelve dollars up to forty-five dollars, and now back to twenty dollars and seventy-five cents been around since December of uh, 2020. So it's the biggest problem we have, and Bitcoin's the same, is how do you know what value it is? It's, right. it's we, there's no way to, we don't have a long history, right, of any of this. I mean, Bitcoin's the low, oldest one around, and that's not very old. But, right. but, but Bitcoin went from 70 to 40, like this one, it moved up and down, they're very volatile. Um, I think I think you're wise to get out if you want to know the truth, because we just don't know. I, I can't tell you if it's what it's worth, and it's only worth, you know, what people are willing to. You can, it, to me, it's like a pyramid scheme. You just got to convince. You got to convince somebody to pay more for it than you did. That's all. You got to convince them. Now, I'm not saying that cryptocurrency is is all of it's a pyramid scheme. I'm not saying that, but it's like that. And that we have no way to value it, and the only the only value is is if you can talk somebody else into pay more for it. You can't base it on earnings. You can't base it on sales. You can't. It's not. It's a coin. It's a it's a currency. Now you can't base it on what backs it. Nothing. Not labor. Not the economy. So I don't know. How do you evaluate it? This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue. So get your questions in 888-99-CHART. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, I was calling about ETF VTV. It's a value ETF. I uh, hear you guys talking about switching to value. Just wanted to know if that would be a good play. Thank you. I, I think so. You know, it could be part of a, a balanced portfolio. It's an ETF. This is VTV, Victor T. Victor, Vanguard Value ETF. 
uh, it seeks to track the performance of the CRSP U.S. Large Cap Value Index, which measured investment returns. So what's a CRS, Large Cap Value Index? Well, CRSP, I mean, what is CRSP? So, well, that stands for Center for Research and Security Pri- Prices. And they, they are a leader providing research, quality, historical market data and returns. So they have they produce this index, and the index kind of tracks book value, forward earnings to price ratio, historical earnings to price, dividend to price ratio, that kind of thing. So they're a value oriented oriented fund, okay, ETF. So if I, I they've done pretty well, even in this most recent, uh, they're you know for for January they are down. Most of them are, but not nearly as much as the NASDAQ is. But it's down. So don't think that value will go up if the whole market's going down. They won't. But they won't crash like growth stocks do in a down market. Mind you, growth stocks also skyrocket when they do return. So don't think that I'm bad-mouthing growth stocks. Just for the time being, they're not a place to be, okay? Lean economic indicators say that the economy is going to do pretty well going forward, okay? Uh, It came in at 0.8. They expected it to be 0.8%. The month before is 1.1. This is for December, by the way. So November is 1.1%. Now it's 0.8%. So that's still indicating growth in the next, of our economy in the next three or four months, now, what was confusing was other reports that came out this week. Uh, one that I don't, a couple that I don't really look at too, too often, but I do look at them, is the Empire State Manufacturing Index. Did you see that? Strengthened point, negative 0.7 is the number. It was 31, positive 31, almost 32 last month. They expected it to go down to positive 25, and it went down to Negative 0.7. That's the Empire, New York area, Empire State. However, the Philadelphia Fed Manufacturing Index, okay, uh, it went up. Last month, it was 15.2. They expected to go up, 18.5, but it went up to 23.2. Okay. So, so, so what is it? <laughs> so, obviously, it it's not it's a confusing picture there. But the leading economic indicator index, LEI, is made up of 10 components of leading economic indicators, 10 of them. One of them is the stock market, right? Um, and, of course, when you get for so far for January, it's going to show that one of the 10 is going to be down. But December was up. So, But it's only one of 10. So there's nine other leading economic indicators. Oh, and they're like work week. Uh, the uh, salaries, you know, paid different different things uh, that make up that indicator. I have it in my book, and I, I wrote them all in the book. Uh, leading and lagging economic indicators. You only want to pay attention to the leading economic indicators, not the lagging economic indicators. Okay, so we know now the Nasdaq Composite is down about 12, 12.5 percent. Uh, from its high, that high was November 19th. For the month, it's down about 10%. Um, and I just wanted to say, there has been, 
66 corrections since 1971. A correction of 10% or less? 66. 24 or 37% of those resulted in a bear market. So the rest did not. Just a correction. The vast majority. So three months later, after falling 10%, the market's usually up. Just so you know. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the free podcast. You can download it for free. We will cross over 38 million downloads here tonight, so we want to thank you for that. Appreciate it. Get yours anytime, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. It really does. We do want to see those ratings. It helps guide us to what we should be doing. Independent thinking and church success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.